Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United. I'm your host Matthew and today I'm talking about Man United's 3-2 win in the Premier League at home against Norwich. A uh, very close result, very, very close indeed. Um, too close, one could argue. Um, roller coaster of a game. Um, at one point it looked like we could have lost the game. Um, but really, yet again, saved by two players. David De Gea and Ronaldo with a hat trick. Um, what what's interesting about this game and something I noticed: Norwich were playing the way that we were playing against Everton, and we were playing the way that Everton were playing against us. So it was like a switch around, not for the entire game, but for parts of the first half, and. I just had this fear, even when we were 2-0 up, which was by the 32nd minute, that was when we were 2-0 up. So about, you know, 15 minutes roughly before half time, 2-0 up, things are looking good. I just had this, just this feeling, and it turned out to be kind of correct, that we would just fall off in the second half. We would just lose concentration, and we would just be trying to take it too easy. And... Yeah, that that was exactly what ended up happening, and it reminds me of some t- certain times when England would, would used to do that. Um, but yeah, it kind of just got to a point where we were two 0 up, we just got too comfortable, and Norwich just sort of snuck their way into the game. Um, yeah, again, defensively completely terrible. Um, and I keep unfortunately being correct about the goals that we concede which is crosses from or balls into the box from the side I know the second goal was a bit more of like passes through the middle but we've just got to sort that out next season Um, or preferably by Tuesday but we know that that won't happen Um, it's just the uh, there's a massive lack of defensive awareness in this team and Although, you know, if you put Varane there or whoever, you take Maguire out or something. Okay, you'll get a better player doing the same thing. But, it's the whole team's lack of defensive awareness, positioning as well, marking. And we just continue to seem to do this thing where the team will get, a team, whoever it is that's playing against us. will get the ball to one side of the pitch and then whoever's on the other side so in this in in this situation with the two goals it was Norwich breaking down our right side their left side and our players from the left left side Tellez Lindelof you know etc are getting pulled over to the other side and you can see it happening on the pitch and Norwich even as bad as Norwich are and were at times in this game. You, you'd see the space. And you'd think okay we'll just knock a couple of passes. In there. And just get goals. And it really makes you think. I mean because everybody's kind of looking at Tuesday now. And thinking like oh you know if we can just scrape a. 3-2 against Norwich. What are Liverpool going to do to us. F- football doesn't always quite work that way. Uh, you know it's a rivalry. It's a derby game. And yes they you know. Slapped Man United 5-0. <laughs> last time. Um, which may very well happen again, but it uh, it doesn't always quite work that way. Um, I'm not saying that Liverpool aren't going to destroy us because they probably will. Um, and I don't mean to be negative. I'm just sounding realistic. So yeah, but because it, 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 this was again just an issue of two halves with Man United, where we actually played really well for the first half an hour. Um, and again. You have to look at a game like this and, you know, you see us stringing some passes together. We're getting some space and, um, you know, we're doing a bit more pass and move than usual. But you're thinking, and then you realise, okay, you're playing against Norwich. This is why this is happening. And then you get two goals up and you just just fall off. Um, Because what frustrated me the most about this game as well, we went 2-0 up. And even I was kind of thinking, because there was two players on the bench today. Let me just bring up their names. 
Ganaccio, I think that's his name. Uh, he's an Argentina um, striker. I've heard some good things about him. He's a sort of academy breakthrough player. And uh, Hannibal Medri, who I've brought up a few times. He's been on the bench for like the last pff, 10 games or so. And I, even I was thinking in the back of my head, okay, 2-0 up, we're very comfortable. We've, you know, we're beating Norwich quite comfortably. Now is the time to get both of those players on. But, yeah, um, didn't obviously end up happening. The, the, the game ended up being far more intense than it actually needed to be. But that's what, if if you look at the situation, that's what you should expect us to be doing of, like, because I think Ganacho is a striker. Obviously, you don't really bring off Ronaldo when he's got two goals and he's playing well. But maybe take off Lingard. Bring on Ganacho, And then take off maybe... Well, we didn't have a holding midfielder. I'll, I'll talk about the weird team selection in a second, actually. Because that's something I want to uh, talk about in this sort of pre-talk part. Before we get into the summary. Um, I would have liked to have seen those two players play, basically, or at least at least one of them. But obviously, the situation turned out very differently. So, because I think they they equalised, bef- they got a first goal before half time, didn't they? Yeah, just before the half time break. Um, because you're kind of looking at this now, and a lot of people have kind of suggested, like, oh, you know, top four's gone, just throw the youth on, they'll put in a bit more effort, and some of them probably will. That that's partly true um because the way that i'm looking at our season now and i said this about the everton game to me this isn't i mean yeah top four is obviously still on we can still get top four but to me it's a case of like the players know that they knew from when ralph ragnett was appointed as the interim manager that he wasn't going to be here next season that he was just there to steady the ship and then go upstairs be a consultant or whatever he's going to be doing and then you bring in another manager. Now that we know who's likely to be that manager, which is hopefully Ten Hag, you just would have thought that these players would have thought, oh, new manager coming in, you know, I'm still here, I'm going to show this new manager, like, you know, he, the, Ten Hag's going to come in or whatever, and um, I want to show him why I should be on his first, you know, team sheet sort of thing. Uh, doesn't matter who's starting now, new manager comes in, he might look at the players completely differently. Um... And the players haven't quite really managed to do that, even today, even with the 2-0 leads and everything uh, because of Ronaldo. Uh, the players still haven't really managed to, to do that. And, you know, th- there's two players out there with Pogba and with um, Lingard who, you know, okay, they're, they're, they're heading out the door anyway. Um, but the rest of them should still be looking at it that way. So, there you go. Uh, yeah, I need to talk about this lineup first. Um... So this app that I've got initially had it listed as a four one four one, and now it's got it listed as a four three three. But no holding midfielder from the start. Now, what's interesting about that is I've noted, I've said on a few episodes previously. I think it was the Atletico Madrid game, the Everton game, and there was one other one. I think he's done it three times where there's been games where we've really needed a goal. And we'll take off the likes of a McTominay or a Matic, you know, the player that we're using as a holding player. And we'll bring on like a Pogba or a Bruno or um, a Matter or somebody like that, an attacking midfielder, to basically get rid of your defensive players. Because what difference does it make at that point if you're letting another goal to switch that around and just go all out attack? But Ralph decided to start the game like that. And a lot of people are saying today, you know, oh, you know, why is Matic on the bench and what, whatever he might be safe for Tuesday. For Liverpool, obviously, he's going to have to play pretty much. Depends on what where Fred and McTominay are at. I think they're both injured right now. Because um, one of them will probably start with Matic. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it'll probably be Fred and Matic against Liverpool with probably Bruno playing as well. Anyway, um, yeah, really, really bizarre team selection. It worked in the end, and there's not many teams that Norwich is probably the only team in the Premier League you can actually do that against, um, because they don't attack very well. Even though they scored two goals against us today, so weird time. It's a weird, weird time right now. But um, yeah, I mean, we we attacked fairly well today. I thought there's a few like final third decision making from. Um, incidents from everybody that could have been approved upon, but 
yeah, this defensive structure is a mess. And I don't know if it was specifically because we didn't have a holding midfielder on. Or because of the way that the back four was disorganised. Um, but still, we still keep letting in goals from crosses. Um, yeah. And t- teams must be realising that about us. Like, the most the most vulnerable way to score against us is crosses from the side. Into the middle of the box. Because we don't stop the cross. We don't clear the ball as it's going across. And then we don't block whoever is putting the ball in the back of the net. It's really frustrating. So... Anyway, uh, that's pretty much it for the free talk stuff, I guess, if you want to call it that. Let's just get into the summary and uh, some goals to talk about to begin with. Uh, so, first goal is pretty simple. Seven minutes in, Ronaldo gives us the 1-0 lead. Uh, mistake at the back from Norwich, not from us, from Norwich in this occasion. Um, it kind of was a bit of a sort of goal that you'd see scored against Man United type of thing. It's weird. Um... But yeah, they made a mistake at the back. Alanga jumps on the ball, not literally, but he grabs, uh, gets hold of the ball, uh, passes it into Ronaldo, and for a caliber of Ronaldo's quality, um, easy kind of tapping. There's not too much to analyse there. It's just Norwich making a mistake at the back because they are Norwich. Um, so yeah, that was a decent little first goal. Um, it was a good early goal for us to get and a good way to sort of kick off the game a little bit. So that was uh, that was quite good. Uh, next goal, um, what was it? That was the corner, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, again, quite a simple kind of goal. Crossed in Ronaldo's header. Uh, Tellez cross from the corner. Um, yeah, Ronaldo with a header. It's it's no kind of surprise. Um, I mean, you've no, noticed the way I've just talked about those two goals. Sometimes the way that Ronaldo scores makes things look very, very easy. <laughs> Uh, like with the tap-in, obviously most players I'd expect to score that tap-in. And then the header, you know, takes a bit more um, of whatever. But, uh, yeah, uh, I can't remember how we got the corner. Um, but we did, and then we uh, scored that, which was which was good as well. So that made it 2-0. And it all seemed very, very easy from that point, didn't it? Ronaldo scoring two really easy goals. Two goals that you'd look at and you think, yeah, Ronaldo scores those. Yeah, tap in and a header from a corner. Sure, you know, he's a, Ronaldo is a poacher type striker. That's not me saying that in a negative way. That's just the type of player he is. That's what he's doing. That's what he did. Simple as that, really. Um, yeah, so there you go. And then they went on to score. Um, what was the goal? Oh, yeah, this, this was the one that went across, wasn't it? Because there's two goals they scored, obviously. One was passes through the middle. Which was the one that Pookie scored. That's the second goal. And then um, a player called Dow. Who I've never heard of before. Assisted by Pookie. Um, yeah. Again this is. Th- this, organ- so this is the first goal I'm talking about. This organisation from across. Um, Delow is probably the most. In pos- I- I- best in position here. But he doesn't stop the cross. Lindelof Maguire nowhere near it. Um, Tellez. I don't know where Tellez was. Again the pool, the, the the team is just pulled to the side. Uh, it's uh, positionally with defence. That's one of the big things we've got to work on for, let's face it, next season. Uh, but it's very, it was a very, very disappointing goal to concede. I really do get disappointed when I see those types of goals scored because they happen all the time. And you think, if somebody like me, uh, you know, I'm not no, I'm not a football coach or anything. I'm just here to talk about what I see in the games. If I can pick up on that, or most fans could pick up on that. What what are we what are we doing about that in training? B- b- nothing, um, because that is the way that we've over the la- honestly over the last three years since I've started podcasting on Man United and probably before that, that's probably been. I'm going to go out on them and say that's probably sixty percent of the way that we concede our goals, um, which is crosses or passes in from the side into the box. It happens so often. And I know we've kind of gone from like, you know, Ole to Carrot to Ralph and now hopefully Ten Hag. So it's been a bit all over the place. But what? But for the most part for those three years we've had pretty much the same players. Maguire's been there the whole time. Um, you know, Lindelof has been a regular player. Um, why Why can't we Why can't we sort that out? I don't know. But uh, it is what it is. I was very disappointed by that goal. So, and then just after half, so just before half time they scored, and then just after half time, fifty second minute, 
they scored again. I, I think the defensive positioning on this goal is actually worse. Because we attempt with this second goal, we attempted to play at least what I could see a bit of a higher line for some reason. Um, and again, play it's a goal from the same side, from Tellers' side again. But you've got to ask again: Why is the defense getting pulled over to the right to our right hand side? Norwich's left, our right hand side. Why does that? Why does that keep happening? Because um, this goal, that both goals are very similar, and they did have a third chance after this. Um, where De Gea made like a really, really important save. It could have been 3-2. He had to really stretch for the ball. Um, and they did, for, for that third attempt, they did the exact same thing again. Um, maybe they realised that they could start targeting Tellez or something, but I could have gotten a limb and guess if they tried to do the same thing on the right-hand side, the low Maguire Lindelof would all be pulled to the left-hand side. Um, because that's just what happens. Um... And as much as I do very much prefer Delo over Wambasaka, I'm not really sure about who I prefer, Tellez or Luke, or Luke Shaw. They both provide different interesting things. Uh, it's good for the options, I think. Um, I do want to talk about Tellez in a second, actually, as well. Um, yeah, the, the, the same thing used to happen when Wambasaka played regularly. The team would get pulled to one side or pulled to the other side. In fact, there was a few goals last season in the Champions League. Um... In a couple of notable games, actually, uh, one might have been in like the Europa League games as well last season, where Wambasaka was getting pulled over to the left hand side. Um, so, I I don't think that's actually a player specific issue, because the same thing has happened. Wh- wh- whichever fullbacks you want to choose between, whether you have Delo and Telez or Wambasaka or Shaw, the same things keeps happening with both sets of players on both sides. Which is that the team gets pulled to one side. And what you're supposed to be aware of, obviously, is... Okay, if you've got the ball on your left-hand side, you're getting towards the edge of the box. And uh, you're looking to get a cross in. And you see loads of space over the other side. First of all, one of the attacking players is going to go, Oh, I've got loads of space over here. I'm going to run into that space, just like Pookie did and just like Dowell did. For their two, for their goals. And then... Presumably the player on the other side will go, oh, there's loads of space, one of my teammates is over there, I'm going to whip the ball over that side. Whether or not they get it over there is a different different question. And then they can just run through on goal, which is exactly what both Pookie and Dal did. They found the space, they ran into it. The person that assisted them for the goal thought, oh, my teammates, so I'm going to pass to him. Through on goal, scored the goal. Um, It's really, really basic stuff, but it happens so often. And I suspect it will probably happen against Liverpool and Arsenal and probably for the rest of the season. So, yeah, that's not a player-specific issue. This is a long, long-term issue. Whether you want to blame Ollie, Carrick, Mike Phelan, Ralph, Ralph's assistant. I don't know his actual name. He's new. Uh, Ralph's assistant. Whoever in the coaching staff you want to look at, or the whichever players, Delo, Teller, Shaw, Wambasaka, you know, any of those, this has been an issue across all of those sets of people because it's been happening for like three plus years so I, I i have no idea why it happens i have no idea but it's very annoying anyway uh that was the goals at least until ronaldo's free kick that we'll talk about later on uh then matic was brought on for lingard um i wouldn't have started lingard anyway because um i i, I heard some people today saying like oh it's good lingard's finally getting a chance he's been here his whole career Apart from obviously his loan spell at West Ham, but I'm correct me correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that not only is Lingard an academy graduate player, just like Rashford, but um, Lingard, apart from his loan spell and maybe some other loan spells earlier on in his career that I can't remember, we didn't buy him. He's been here his whole time. And Ling, how old is Lingard now? I think he's twenty. Yeah, he's twenty nine. You know, you start off as like a... He's pro- he was probably 16, 17 when he started. Something like that. Uh, maybe even younger or a bit older. But around that age. So he's been here like a long, long, long time. Um, I think he's had his fair shake of chances. You know, a- across... Alex Ferguson... Moyes... Uh, Van Gaal, Mourinho, Oli, Carrick, Ralph. He's had chances under all of them. All of them. So I, I disagree with, with with that. Yes, he's not played much recently, but 
he's going to be leaving at the end of the season anyway. But that that that's where it starts to get annoying for me. Is because I understand Pogba starting because Pogba is actually a good player. Because I've said for a long time I don't think Lingard is. Yes, Pogba's leaving as well. But this is where, like, why can't you play Hannibal and give him a chance and say, like, hey, Hannibal, go out there and try and impress and, you know, fight for your place in the team instead of playing Lingard, who we know both doesn't want to be there and is leaving. Um, Yeah. Heck, if you do want to take Pogba out of the team as well because he's leaving, you could, well, I was going to say Matic, but he's also leaving as well. God, everybody's leaving this team. Oh dear. Um, yeah, that was a bit of news as well that came out a couple of days ago. I meant to touch on that at the start, but Matic um, himself said that he's leaving Manchester United, which is a bit of a shame. I thought we could have gotten one more year out of him with Garner hopefully in the team next season, but looks like that's not going to happen. Um, but, well, I suppose you've got to play one of them, haven't you? If you've got Matic, Pogba and Lingard leaving and then you've got Fred. So here's our midfield situation, right? Lingard started, he's leaving. Pogba started, he's leaving. I just suggested that you start Matic, he's leaving. Van der Beek's on loan. Fred's injured, McTominay's injured. You've obviously got Hannibal on the bench, as I mentioned. You've got Bruno, who's uh, who was starting. So you're a bit limited anyway. But my point is, Lingard's been giving loads of chances. And I just would have liked to see one of the youth players get a chance. And I think you could have taken Lingard out. Put Hannibal in at the start. You know, if, if Hannibal plays for 60 minutes and he doesn't play very well... And you want to kind of rescue the situation. Then maybe bring Lingard on. Or Mata. Mata was good when he came on again. But Mata's also leaving. So. <laughs> God. Uh, we're going to need a lot of midfielders next season. Yeah. Because like. H- half the. Half the midfielders. And Lingard's technically a winger. But whatever. Most of the midfielders in this team today are leaving. Matic. Pogba. Mata. They're all leaving. Um, Van der Beek's on loan. Fred McTominay injured. Hannibal could he impress maybe? Because um, if you actually look at the situation in terms of first team players, because Garner, yeah, he could come back next season and play first team football. Um, if you did sell Van der Beek, let's just say hypothetically he doesn't want to come back to Man United, whatever. We've then got. Three midfielders in this team. We'd then have Fred, McTominay, Bruno Fernandes. That's it. Because let's let's assume that Hannibal doesn't isn't a first team player next season, and Garner isn't a first team player. Let's just assume those things. We have three midfielders left in this team. Three, and we play three at a time. Often, Fred, McTominay, Bruno. So you'd have nobody on the bench because Pogba's going, Mata's going, uh, Matic is going. Do I say Mata? I've I've said so many players, whatever. You get the point. Um, yeah, but anyway, Lingard was brought on. Sorry, Matic was brought on for Lingard. Um, good. Matic should have probably started anyway, just to hold that midfield. But I can I can see why you don't start Matic because maybe you do want to save him for that Liverpool game, just so things don't get too crazy. Because um, that Matic playing could be the difference between losing four nil and losing six nil or something on Tuesday. So. Yeah, uh, then they made a sub, I don't really care about that one. Uh, then uh, Mata did come on for Pogba, both of which are leaving the club. <laughs> um, yeah, Mata on for Pogba. Uh, again, I thought Mata was good when he came on. I'm liking these little um, these these little cameo appearances from Mata, because he did it against Everton, I think. was brought on around the same time. Uh, I mean, we're paying the guy 140 grand a week. I mean, we're playing, paying Pogba 290 grand a week, but see my point. Um... Yeah, Matron for Pogba, good, makes sense to me. Then you've got a midfield of, I think, Bruno, Matic, Mata. That's fine to end the game with, because what, what else are you going to do? What, what else are you going to do, really? Um, yeah. Then uh, Rashford on for Tellers. I actually didn't notice that Rashford was taken off. Um, I did notice Tellers was brought on. Uh, sorry, no, Tellers off, Rashford on. Um, yeah, tell, Tellers off for, for Rashford. Uh, so I guess we went to a three at the back. Which is weird. I did notice the low had shifted over to the left side. So, I don't know. I don't know what that was. Maybe have a back three of Lindelof on the right back. Maguire in the middle. And then low at left back. 
Again, a bit makeshift, but you're looking for that third goal. Um, so you bring Rashford on. That's fine. Um, again, there's not many, like, loads of options or whatever. So, yeah. Um, then they made another sub, and then Ronaldo scored a glorious free kick. Not his greatest free kick ever. Obviously, if you remember all the way back in 2004. I don't remember the exact year, but there was a free kick he scored that was, that was against Portsmouth. Um, a long, long, long time ago. I think it was one of his first few goals he scored for Man United. And, um, or one of his earlier goals, at least, I can remember. Um, and it was like a really perfect free kick. But this was really good. Um, Tim Krull doesn't manage to push it out the net. Makes it 3-2. Again, Ronaldo saves us. Yeah, again, Ronaldo and De Gea saves us in this game. So that was your summary. Um, so I think I've spoken enough about everything there all right so that's it for the summary and the goals and stuff and whatever happened and defensive uh, defensive positioning issues and Ronaldo scoring another hat-trick um so that is that let's take a quick break do some housekeeping and then we'll talk about player ratings I guess I'll I'll save what I was going to say for Tellers when I talk about him anyway so see you in a minute Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, I did I went and did another um, film review yesterday. This was for Sonic 2, of course, the follow-up from the first one from a few years ago. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. Gave it in one of my must-see ratings. Um, it's got a spoiler-free section at the start, if you want to listen to that. But I definitely recommend it. Obviously, it's half-term for schools and stuff at the moment. I know that because I clean at a school and I'm not at work. Um... But uh, yeah, if you've got a bit more time or whatever, you want to take your family out to see it, or see it by yourself, or take your friend, or whoever you want to take with you, uh, I'd highly recommend that you spend um, your cinema time uh, watching Sonic 2, assuming that you saw the first one, which would be ideal. But hey, it's half term, maybe you can treat yourself and watch both. Uh, If you do want to watch the first one, by the way, and you're in the UK, I think the first Sonic is on Netflix, so you can watch that maybe on Netflix, then go and see Sonic 2, because by the sounds of things, it seems like you shouldn't watch Morbius. Uh, so yeah, go and uh, do that if you want to. But anyway, my review for Sonic 2 gave that a must-see rating. Uh, quite a big podcast over on the DC side of things. I did another DC Talk episode. This was talking about the Warner Brothers and Discovery merger. It's now official. It's happened. There's still some I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed and all that sort of thing. Uh, things are still going to be changing and going in motion or whatever. Uh, but the merger's now happened. They're now called Warner Brothers Discovery. Not that anybody's actually going to say that but uh, they're called that now so I talked about what that would mean and read out an article some information that type of thing so that was good 
and also talked about uh, what that could mean for like the Batman, the character of Batman, and uh, the Flash film and that kind of stuff. So talked about all of that. Uh, me and David did a couple of podcasts this week. Uh, one was a, a final season preview for Better Call Saul. It's coming up to its sixth and final season. Uh, starts next week on Tuesday in the UK on Netflix for us. And then for the America, um, it's AMC on Monday. So we'll be switching from Walking Dead to Better Call Saul basically going forward. Because Walking Dead is finished for its uh, B-side of Season 11. Speaking of that, uh, we did of course wrap up the B-side of Season 11. Which is the second out of the third and final part of the last season. Um, so that's up to episode 16. And the show will be back for a third and final part of another 8 episodes. 11C if you want to call it that. In October. But we wrapped up Walking Dead for now. Uh, be back for that in October. And we switched over to Better Call Saul. So that will be that going forward. Over on Gaming Talk this week, we talked about some new game announcements, a new Tomb Raider game was announced, a new Ghost Recon game, and there's a trailer for Kingdom Hearts 4 as well, if you want to go and watch that if you're a big Kingdom Hearts fan. And we also talked about some information regarding a um, horror game called The Quarry, which is a horror game that you can apparently watch in like a movie film kind of mode if you don't want to play it, because it kind of suits that style anyway. But I talked about that stuff. Um, did another video game review. I did this one as a must-play review for Kenya Bridge of Spirits, which I really, really enjoyed. First half is spoiler-free for that review. Of course, got the Everton 1-0 Defeat podcast, if you want to go back and listen to that one. Must-see review for Severance Season 1, that's available on Apple TV+, Plus. that's been renewed for a second season. First half of that review is spoiler-free as well. Sticking with Apple TV+, Plus, but for the films that they do, uh, I did a must-see review for Coda, which is obviously this year's Best Picture award at the BAFTAs, sorry the Oscars, not the BAFTAs, uh, Oscar Best Picture winner which is called Coda, you can watch that on Apple TV Plus and I watched it and gave it a must see rating and that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org, you can find us as well on your favourite podcast platform by searching for the same name. Alright so both De Gea and Ronaldo are going to get 10s today, yes De Gea let in two goals but more on his back four than it was... Um, or the the back four than it was actually on him. Um, I think I had to give it to Ronaldo kind of by default. They're both getting the same ratings and they both saved us today because, you know, if the Haya lets in that third goal, we go 3-2 behind, the game could change. Maybe Ronaldo doesn't score. You know, football's a game of moments and that kind of stuff. Uh, but hat-trick for Ronaldo, another one. Um, You've got to give it to him, really. I thought his performance was really good as well, actually. Um, Just like his general actual play in the game was was really really good so uh, another great performance from Ronaldo so I'm going to give him a 10 uh, so that's De Gea and Ronaldo both sorted out with their 10s um Delo, uh I did know he got forward quite well um I, I wouldn't really put the goals on him necessarily but maybe he could have done a bit better um I think I'll give him an average six I think I think he did all right uh, Lindelof Maguire, I'm going to give Lindelof a 4, 5, um, I'm going to say 5, I think 5 is a fair uh, thing for that, I did notice he blocked a few crosses into the box, which again could have led to more goals, um, but he was part of the back four that caused the mistake, so I can't really give him higher than a 5, uh, Maguire I'm going to give him a 4 I think, just a slightly worse game than, than Lindelof, but um yeah, again, he was part of the problem with uh, the two goals that we conceded. So that's those two. Uh, Tellez, um, yeah, my, well, the thing I want to say about Tellez, uh, I think we should stop playing him as a left back and play him as a left winger because he is good at getting crosses in. They don't always work out well, but that's what he's be- That's probably what Tellez is sort of best at is getting in the crosses. And I would just like to see an experiment where we put Tellez on the left wing. Presumably, then you'd switch Sancho over to the right, and for that point, you'd probably then play Shaw at left back because we've not got another one. I just would like to see how that would work. Keep Tellez on that left hand side, push him further up the pitch so he can keep getting those crosses in, but then have defensive cover behind him. I, I just would like—I might be wrong, that might not work, but I just think defensively he's very vulnerable. Um, he didn't cover his side of the pitch when the two goals happened. Um, 
He's also got a fairly good shot. We, we've seen him score like a volley or two this season as well. So if he does get it like forward, he gets into a position maybe to volley the ball or have a good get a shot off. You know, he can do that. So I, I just think Tellez would be better pushed further up the pitch with defensive cover behind him. Um, I'll probably give him an average six today. Um, I thought his attacking player... Get, he was He's very much a player of just two completely different halves where... He's very good at attacking play, but defensively he's very, very questionable. Really quite questionable, so that's going to land him on a 6. I think that's pretty fair. So there we go. Uh, Lingard, I wasn't really impressed with Lingard at all. I think I'd probably give him the same as Maguire. I'd give him a 4. He had a few moments here and there, a few shots, a few little passes that he got off. But And I, I need to say this, and I do not mean this in a personal way at all, between Lingard, I've never met him. I don't know him as a person. Obviously, we've you know seen photos of him with the team and stuff like that. But I, I, I'm just looking forward to first of all not hearing any of those conversations about like, oh, Lingard should be given another chance, or like, oh, he's in the team, give him a chance. Just I, I, I think that it's just just get him out of the team, let him move on, let the club move on from him. Stop paying him 140 grand a week, and we can just all just move on. If he want, if he's going to leave on on a free and go to West Ham anyway, uh, which we could have done last year and got 30. I think the offer was 30 million that we rejected. Yeah, we lost 30 million and we've let a player go for free, but um, there's not really a need to play him between now and the end of the season. There's not, and I remember all the way back the end of last season. And there was a game that we won 2-0. I can't remember who we played. And he scored the second goal. He didn't need to score the second goal. But he scored it. It was a good moment. It completely secured top four for us. And I remember saying at the time. Like maybe that's a good moment for Lingard. To just like. Just leave on that happy note. Like he scored the second goal. Top four completely secured. It was a happy moment. He should have been sold to West Ham. After that. I think that was last, that was either last season or the season before, uh, but it was recently. But he just should have stayed at West Ham. Um, so yeah, but um, yeah, it just he frustrates me as a player. Um, and when I say I don't like him, that's me talking about him as a player, not as a person. Uh, and I just I just want to see because he's like a winger or an attacking sort of player. You've got the likes of Palestri, Hannibal, Diallo. You've got, um, who else is there? Van der Beek that you've got. That's like four players. Horatire as well that you've got. Um, who's the other one? Did I say Hannibal? You've got like four or five players that I just think give those ones a chance and just let Lingard just move on, which he's going to. It's just a case of waiting for the season to end. But yeah, anyway, that's what I wanted to say on Lingard. Again, no personal attack. Don't hate him. I just think it's we just need to wait for him to just move on, which you can't accelerate that process because you're not going to like release him before the end of the contract. But anyway, uh, moving on to Pogba, um, I thought Pogba actually had a surprisingly decent game at, at CDM. Does that mean that like next week against um, or Tuesday against Liverpool we play him as, C- as the CDM? God no, <laughs> that would be that would be that would go very badly. If you want to put Matic next to him in a double pivot in a double pivot. Sure, that makes sense. And Matic will probably start, I'm guessing, on Tuesday. It depends on what's going on with McFred, obviously. But uh, I, I expect to see I expect to see uh, Pogba in some way, shape, or form against Liverpool. Could be a substitute appearance because um, Bruno will probably play as well because um, that man's got like unlimited energy. It, it's really shocked me the amount of games that Bruno continuously plays in a row and often plays ninety minutes. Um, but maybe Bruno's burned out. We'll talk about Bruno. Uh, he's next, actually. Um, I didn't give Pogba a rating, did I? Um, I'd probably give him an 8. I thought he was pretty good today. Yeah. Again, he's leaving anyway, but never mind. Uh, but yeah, I'll give him an 8, probably, I think, Pogba. I think he would, out, out of our midfield players, uh, which was the three of them, I'd probably say Pogba was the, the best one out of the lot. Um, Bruno, um, I thought he improved a bit in the second half, but I'd have to just slap an average 6 on him. He really just... Pogba, Pogba, Bruno's an annoying player to watch because he gives the ball away far too much. But when he doesn't, and he does one of those passes, and it, like, you know, goes through to a teammate, you're like, wow, that's better. 
But as I've repeatedly said, he's just got to calm his game down. He's just got to calm himself down. Um, yeah, and just stop trying, like, the skulls pass all the time. Um, so yeah, but that's that's Bruno. Uh, Alanga, um, I thought Alanga was good. I'd probably give him like a 7, just above average. I thought he did some good things today. I think one of the issues we've got with Alanga at the moment, obviously he's, uh, what is he, 19? He is 19 years old. Uh, he'll be 20 on the 27th. Um, I think we need to decide what side he's going to be playing on. And I get that we like to do the whole rotating wingers thing because we can't decide what side Sancho is playing on. We can't decide where Rasha is playing and we can't decide where Alanga is playing. But we got to settle that down a bit with... Because obviously you know, Rash- Rashford and Sancho have obviously had more development than Alanga. But I think for Alanga's game at this point, and he might not feel this himself, but I think we got to... Like, is he left winger or is he a right winger? Because to me, with Sancho and with Rashford, Sancho can kind of play both, but seems better on the left, but we bought him from the right. And Rashford, I still very much maintain, you've got to play him on the left. But we don't know what side Alanga's going to be best on. But the problem you've got there is because we've tended to favour Sancho on the left, but he keeps rotating with the other winger, we like to play Rashford, obviously, because the idea to me is supposed to be Rashford left, Ronaldo middle, Sancho right and then Alanga is like the spare player for either of those two um, but I, th- I think we've got to just pick a side it, it, either he's got to pick a side or the, the coach has or you know whatever um, just to kind of settle him a bit you know and again this goes back to the partnership thing with whoever his fullback is that's next to him, whether it's the right side or left side, because it could be wan Saka, could be Delo, could be Shaw, could be Tellez. It's just a lot to kind of figure out. Because um, you've got those overlapping runs, communication, that's really key. You know, when do you make the run and make the pass? Um, that type of stuff's really important. You know, sit within, like, pass and move and, you know, when do you track back? Did your teammate track back with you? Uh, you know, it, 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 there's some things to sort out there, I suppose. But I'm going to give him probably a 7. I thought it was good today so i uh, already done ronaldo is getting a 10 sancho um i think i've got to give sancho a six average six um i got a hold off on the because i was giving him a lot of praise for that sort of five six game run because i felt that he deserved it and he's still one of my favorite players and again as i've always said i'm not going to give my favorite players higher ratings just because i like them um I feel I I can't work out why yet. I've not been able to work out why. Maybe it's because of the mentality around the team, or he's switching sides over and over again. Um, but he has fallen off slightly. I don't think Sancho's bad at the moment. And again, it could be that thing. You know, we settle in with some new signings next season. Ten Hag, new coach, could kick things on. You know, we'll see how that all works out. But uh. Yeah, I don't quite I don't quite know what's wrong with Sancho yet. Well not wrong, there's not something wrong with him. I don't quite know what's happened to him in the last three to four games. But um that's there to work out I suppose as well. Alright, let's move to the substitutions. Uh, just to read out who was on the bench and then I'll tell you who was actually unavailable. Uh so on the bench, Eric Bailey. That continues to piss me off by the way. Um there's no there's no way anybody, and I mean anybody, could convince me that we should be playing Maguire or Lindelof above Bailey. Nobody can convince me of that. Um I'd even think Bailey's better than Varane, but as I've said a number of times, I would prefer to have Varane and Bailey at the back. I don't know why that doesn't happen. I don't remember us even trying that in one single game. Um because we're just obsessed with Maguire. And then the problem is you, that you got with Maguire now is you paid a lot for him, 80 million. He's the club captain. And let's face it, there's the English media bias towards him because he's English and Bailey isn't. And obviously, you know, Maguire plays for England, he's in the headlines and stuff, so he's, in Man United's eyes, he's got to play. But whether you want to point out Oli or Carrick or Ralph, I think all three of them have been told continuously you've got to play, you've got to play Maguire. Um, I think the number one reason is because of his price tag and because of his captaincy, but. Yeah, because Maguire is clearly in terrible form. 
Anybody could say that. He's clearly in terrible form. Why are we not playing Eric Bailey? Um, and I'm hearing a lot of people saying, you know, Bailey's quite likely to leave. That would really, really disappoint me a lot. Um, but anyway, he was on the bench. Then you've got, um, I think his name is Garnacho. Let's just read a bit about this guy. Um, Alejandro, I think his name is. A-L-E-J-A-N-D-R-O and then Garnacho. Uh, he's an Argentinian player. It says it's just forward, so he could be a winger, it could be a striker, could be an attacking midfielder. Maybe got to work that out. He's 17 years old, um, so he's obviously trying to break through to the first team, which is good. Uh, then Dean Anderson, Jones, Mata, Matic, Hannibal Medri, um, Rashford, and Juan Basaka. And obviously we brought a Mata. I thought Mata was good. I thought Matic was good. And I thought Ra- Rashford was also kind of good as well. So... There's your subs, and obviously missing players. I'm not going to read out the obvious one. Uh, you got Cavani, calf injury. Cavani is also leaving this club. Uh, Fred, hip injury. McTominay, leg injury. Shaw, calf injury. And Baran is still injured with another leg injury as well. Um, so yeah, that's your uh, players that were missing, etc, etc. Alright, that's it for that. Um, yeah, that's it for the Norwich game. Um, look... Liverpool's coming up Tuesday, 8 o'clock. Then Arsenal, half 12 Saturday. That Arsenal game is huge. Because uh, let me just, before I talk about the Liverpool game, let's just have a look at the league table. So, let's ignore Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, because we're nowhere near them. Tottenham, fourth spot, 32 games played, 57 points. Man United, fifth spot, 32 games played, 54 points. So, if we'd have beaten Everton, we'd have probably been above... Uh, Tottenham, or at least on the same points. Arsenal, 31 games played. I don't know when they played that game in hand. They did play today. They lost to Southampton. Uh, 54 points. So we're now level on points with Arsenal. We've caught up to them, but they've got a game in hand. Uh, West Ham, 50, uh, sorry, 32 games played. Um, 51 points. So they're three points behind both us and Arsenal. And then Wolves, who are the next closest, 49 points. So a little bit more adrift. Uh, 32 games played. And then Leicester's the next team down. They've got 40 points. So don't worry about Leicester. But they have only played 29 games. So they've got some games in hand. Um, so top four's absolutely still on. We're only three points behind. And there's still six games played. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, 16, 17. There's 18 points left to play for. 18 points. Um, if I've done that correctly. Um, so we can absolutely still get top four. We might not be on the form to, to do it. Um, but mathematically, we absolutely can. Um, it's it's down to that Arsenal game, really, because... And again, don't mean to sound negative, just realistic. We will likely lose to Liverpool. If we don't, if we draw a win, fantastic. Um, but don't expect, anything out, don't expect anything out of Liverpool. Um... I suppose the problem is because if Arsenal win that game in hand, we go back down. I think back down to six. We were we were seventh before, weren't we? Um, we go down to six if Arsenal win that game in hand. So mathematically, even if we beat Arsenal, so let's say that would put us on thirty-two games played. So thirty-three and then them on thirty-two. Um. We're not their game in hand because then that means we've played another one and they would have played another one. So their game in hand must be against, I don't, I don't know who it is, but somebody else. So even if we beat them and then they beat whoever they've got, they will still be above us. Um, But they they lost to Southampton today. They've been in some rocky form recently. So let's just hope that kind of continues. We can beat them or at least got like a draw or something out of that. Um, but again, we just struggled to beat Norwich, so, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, don't expect anything against Liverpool, um, although if we can get something out of Liverpool and stop them winning the league, that'd be great, that doesn't mean that we're going to win it, obviously, but it stops them winning it, so, we'll just have to see how it all works out, but, yeah, there's still plenty to go for and stuff this season, um, stop, top four still there to play for, I'll still be here to cover it all. And I'll see you all on uh, Tuesday for Liverpool. Um, and no matter what happens against Liverpool, you know, if we do lose 5 0, 4 0, 6 0, whatever it's going to be, I don't think I'll be angry about it. I'll be disappointed, but I don't think I'll be angry about it because 
I would have kind of expected it. If we had lost 5-0 to Norwich today, <laughs> I think I would have been a bit more angry about that. But, yeah. Anyway, we'll see what happens with all that. Let me know what you think of the whole situation, the um, winning against Norwich today. What do you think is going to happen against Liverpool? Do you think Arsenal can catch us? Um, do you think we'll finish top four? Etc, etc. And what do you think of the kind of midfield crisis? I mean, Lingard's going, Mata's going, Pogba's going, Matic is going. Um... Lots of players going. So, yeah. But I, I, I would like to find... I would like to find a game... Between now and the end of the season... Where we can just see a glimpse of one of those two players. Either Hannibal or Ganacho. One of the two. Even if it's for 10 minutes. Just see what just see what they can do. Really. Um, po- possibly almost happened today, but it didn't. Anyway, let me know your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever you've got. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. So write in, let me know your thoughts on everything that's going on with that. Uh, there's also a big email box on the website version of the episode, which a lot of you seem to use, which is good. You can also use that as well. And there's also a clickable email name in the show notes. So lots and lots of ways to get involved with Entertainment Talk and let me know what you think of everything I've mentioned. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, main night podcast, take a look at um tv games films main night podcast take a look at all of what we've got over there um you can support entertainment talk on the podcast through many different ways either by simply listening to more episodes telling uh, people who you know about our content or you can uh, also of course that they can also tell people across social media that kind of stuff there's also patreon one dollar three dollar level tiers and free podcast review options take a look at that as well if you'd like to uh, for that, if you'd like um, some up-to-date, reliable TV and film news, David's got you covered over on Geek Town. That's geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio. That's your weekly podcast episodes. Those come out on Tuesdays, so look out for those for more Geek Town stuff. Uh, Bex is uh, very busy over on Twitch these days, which is good. You can find her content by searching for Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. She's doing Tomb Raider on Monday. She does charity streams, retro game stuff, talk shows, all that kind of good stuff. So go and check out what she's doing over there. And and if you want to see her recent posts about some conventions and stuff like that, you can also find her on Instagram and Twitter through the same name. So you can find her over there. You can also follow me on Twitch as well, which is eTalkUK for my different gaming streams uh, for all of that. And if you want to find those and the gaming clips, not just COD, but other game clips archived over on YouTube, the channel is called Entertainment Talk Plays for that. Thanks very much for listening, and uh, yep, I'll see you on Tuesday for whatever happens. (laughs) I'll see you on Tuesday. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.